All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 305. Drew got to witness the Phoenix Suns' big three against the Lakers last night. Kawhi extends with the Clippers three years, $152 million. Is it time to wave the white flag in Golden State? The Grizzlies season just got worse, and Eric Spolstra just got the bag. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me some intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 305. Last night was not the night to be watching NBA basketball. I know the reps at TNT were pissed. There was nothing but blowouts last <laughs> night. OKC blows out oh Portland by 60, Drew, 62, <laughs> okay? No NBA team should be blown out by 62. 62. And of course, my... My boy Scoot, right? Been riding for Scoot all year. You know what his plus minus was yesterday, Drew? Tell me it was minus 40. It was minus 53. Oh, my God. Minus 53 for Scoot. And getting blown out by 62 (laughs) is just absolutely – you can't. You cannot let – you need to start throwing bodies on the floor once it gets to, like, 50 and whatnot. And then – you know, then we got the Boston Milwaukee game where the where the starters are pulled at halftime. That shit was a forty point blowout, mm-hmm. and it's so funny at halftime. At halftime, the guys are like, "Look, the the closest game that's going on right now is Dallas New York, and Dallas is up twenty seven on them right now." But well, we're gonna go up, five. That game ended up getting pretty close, though, right? Like it ended it, in a flurry. It did. It yeah. did. It was an ugly and no Luca last night and whatnot. But there were just blowouts all through the NBA. And the fun part is the game we were waiting for, Phoenix Lakers, you actually got to go to. And it wasn't a 40-point blowout. It wasn't a 62-point blowout. But it was a blowout, uh, to say mm-hmm. the least. But yep. you were there. I know we've talked a lot of Lakers, a lot of Cl- a lot of uh, Phoenix. But what were your takeaways? I know you had a good time with your pops and your brother and your mom. Yeah. But uh, not the outcome you wanted. Not at all. It, it was uh, the anticipation for the game was was pretty high from, you know, from all of us. And especially, you know, my my dad and I, who were the basketball players, my brother's a great soccer player, loves the game of basketball, but you know doesn't necessarily dissect it in the way that my dad and I do. And so, you know, ramping up, I'm checking the injury reports. I'm going, oh, shit, we're going to see all three of the big three from Phoenix. We're going to see Booker, Beal and Durant. They're going to be healthy. They're playing. I'm loving it. I'm very excited to see them. And on the other side, LeBron was questionable. AD was questionable. Both ended up playing. So, you know, we were a little nervous that we were going to see like a massive blowout. We, we I think I, I kind of thought there was going to be a massive blowout because, you know, one or both of LeBron and AD wouldn't play in this game. Turns out they both get out there. They both do uh, start the game. But a blowout, I think, is is exactly how I would categorize what I witnessed there. And And it was like pretty demoralizing as a Lakers fan um, to witness because – there was just zero intensity. Look, we we we've been a terrible first quarter team for several years now. We we just we we kind of ramp up into the games. Um, LeBron never really puts his foot down in the first quarter. He he always, you know, tr- typically we try to feature Anthony Davis in the first quarter, which makes a lot of sense. But that didn't happen in this game. 
And we were down 15 in the blink of an eye. Like I got, I'm doing dry January. So that made it even worse. Like I, I'm sober this, this you month. Are? I, you oh, are? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh, wow. I couldn't even drown my sorrows in whiskey or tequila like I normally would. And then like black out before the fourth quarter. So I'd be like, yeah, who gives a shit? I don't even remember what happened. So I remember everything very vividly, unfortunately, and I had to live through it moment by moment without any reprieve from sweet, sweet alcohol. Uh, so, um, we were down by 15 immediately and the, the overwhelming feeling that I got witnessing this and watching body language and seeing Darvin Ham and everything on the Lakers side was, uh, this team doesn't no longer wants to play for Darvin Ham. Um, and I don't know, again, I don't really know how this all starts. And, and I sincerely believe that Darvin Ham is trying his best. Um, but we just do not have a team that can score very well, as we've discussed time and time again. I'm not going to rehash all of that stuff that we brought up over the last you know, three or four weeks. But at the very least, in some of these games, you can say, oh, maybe the shooting's off and da-da-da-da. But our defense and our intensity, the passion to play was just absent from the entire game. And I was thinking, okay, after the first quarter, I think we were down by, I don't know, maybe... 12 or something like that, 11 after the first quarter. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see what happens in the second quarter, right? Like we're ramping into this. Maybe we'll get some more energy. The stadium is full now, you know, because it takes about a quarter for all these LA folks to get through traffic to get to the stadium. And so now we got a full fan base and, um, you know, let's see what happens in the second quarter. And at one point we got it down to six, which was nice, but it never really got better after that. As soon as it went from six and went back up to 14, and I think that's where it finished for uh, for halftime. And then in the in the third quarter, man, we went down by thirty, and it was like immediate. And every like I don't even know if Le- how much minutes LeBron played. We left after the third quarter. It was that abysmal. And you know, LA traffic. We were like, no, fuck that. We have a drive. Like we're getting out of here. We don't need to watch them continue to get their asses whooped. So, big takeaways on the Lakers side. I think LeBron and the rest of the team, or maybe just LeBron and everyone else is following suit, is done with Darvin Ham for whatever reasons. And the only other explanation I have for the lack of intensity, lack of passion that we saw in that game uh, is that everyone just said, fuck it, like we're taking the night off kind of a mentality. But that doesn't make any sense to me. This is against the Phoenix Suns that you're playing against. Frank Vogel on the other side, who's a former Lakers coach, has already mentioned many times on this podcast. And you're going up against Kevin Durant, Booker Beal. Like, this should be a game that you get fired up for at home. And there was zero, zero from from the Lakers on that end. And so what I ended up doing, instead of just sitting there screaming my head off, saying, this is too easy, this is too easy, constantly losing my voice, I said, you know what, I'm 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 just going to shut up because I care more about this game than the the actual players on the floor do. I'm just going to watch the Suns. And we're going to start dissecting the big three of the Suns. And it was a masterclass from them. Granted, it might as well have been, you know, a fucking walkthrough practice because there was just very little defense. uh, As I mentioned, no intensity from the Lakers. So Phoenix was getting whatever they wanted, but Devin Booker put on a absolute display in the first half. Bradley Buell followed that up in the second half and took the reins over. And so I want to just quickly break down what I saw from the Suns and why now in the past, you've asked me, am I scared of the Suns? And I said, no, I am a little scared of the Suns now. I want to see them do it against an actual team that gives a fuck about the game that they're playing before I fully commit to saying I think the Suns are good and could make a run. 
But what I saw in this game made me think that they're certainly going to be in the hunt if everyone stays healthy. When I say everyone, the big three, uh, as we know. Uh, but Frank, Frank Vogel is allowing uh, Booker and Beal, but mostly Booker, to handle the ball at the top. And then based on what's happening with the defense, he just lets Booker go one, one, you know, one, four flat. He can, he can cook anybody that's guarding him, at least on the Lakers side, was able to get whatever he wanted from us. But the more interesting thing I saw was mostly in the second half where Booker or Durant would get the ball at the top of the key, right around the three point line. And Beal was actually the screen setter. And the most interesting part about that is that Beal would set the screen and slip and they would just dump it to him and he would catch and turn at the free throw line just cash it was like free throw line jumpers for bradley beal time and time and time again and then he sprinkled it in with a couple step back threes and you know a couple really nice takes to the rim so uh i was very impressed with the game plan that frank bogle and the sons have devised to get the ball spread between these guys because that's always the number one concern when you have you know three superstars is there enough ball to go around will everyone eat and the answer to the question is yes except for the fact that kevin durant didn't get that many shots, didn't get that many looks, simply because he was not needed for that. The game was so easy. They could have, they definitely could have won without Kevin Durant even on the floor. Yuta Watanabe could have played all 48 minutes and they would have smoked us. Still would have won by probably 17, 18, 20 points. So uh, I am excited for Phoenix Suns fans and for the Phoenix Suns team to see if they can hold on to this and get lucky for the rest of the year with, with injuries. Because Booker and Beal looked fantastic together as a duo. And Kevin Durant, I think he ended up with maybe 19 or 20 points, something like that. But he wasn't even needed in this game. So there's another level that they can all get to as well. If in an instance where they need Kevin Durant to be the ISO guy, of course, he can go and do that too. But very, very impressed with the Suns. And uh, very, very impressed with uh, what Frank Bogle has devised in just a short amount of time with everyone together on the court. It's only been a handful of games. So uh, they're already looking, looking really good. You know, I think both the Lakers and Suns, like that was a it was a must win. Like you're saying that the Lakers didn't come up with intensity. Like th- those are the games that if you could pull that win out against Phoenix with the big three, win that game, that's a momentum builder for you. You know what yeah. I mean? And when you're not uh when you're not coming out with the with the drive to win the this basketball game, then what are you what are we doing this for? Yeah. And that's fine. You want to be disconnected from Darvin Ham. Again, I know I said this on the last show get your shit together, get your house in order and fix it. And uh, I think you're totally right. That's what I noticed in the game too. Like these guys don't even look like they want to be here playing. And is this going to be, is, is, is ham going to be the scapegoat? And if you think that they're not bought in, I, from everything I'm hearing, all of the Laker organization is going to stick with Darvin ham. Jeannie bus sent him a long text message saying they're riding with him and whatnot. I mean, who knows? This is a business. So you have no idea. And I think the Suns at some point it's going to bite them in the ass not having a true point guard though. I really do. I mean it it's it's Devin Booker handling the rock is all right but he's great off the ball. And uh, I think it was just one of those nights where Phoenix wanted it more than them and when they figure this out offensively they're going to be great. And the one guy you don't mention at all is my boy Grayson Allen too. Okay? Grayson's the number one, is the best three-point shooter in the NBA right now. And he's just eating because all he doesn't have to do much. He doesn't have to exert a lot of energy. He's just got to stand in the corner and be the fourth fucking option. And when you're shooting at a 43% clip, that corner three, man, that's going to be his bread and butter is P.J. Tucker moving forward. I think they, they do have some defensive issues, though. And 
Um, you know, they really could use a Chris Paul. Like he would be perfect with this group. Um, but I, I think the Lakers are going to ride it out with, and we we can continue talking about a trade scenario. Things need to be done with that team. I don't want to talk any more about Zach Levine or Dejounte coming to the squad, but changes need to be made with the Lakers. And you know, I think it starts with Braun, though. Like there was the 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 congratulations text to Spo. Uh, you know, congratulate him on his extension, which we'll talk about in a minute. And people are looking at that like, didn't you try to get this guy fired once? Why are you praising another coach? Why aren't you coming out on the line and being like, hey, y'all, this isn't De- this isn't Darwin's fault. This is this is our fault as a team collectively. You know, support your coach, and he's not doing that. So, I I just don't. I think the market is so thin right now, and anybody that you mention, any of these trade guys, you can we could talk Zach Levine. And we could talk to Jonte Murray till we're blue in the face. It's not going to change anything. There needs to be more, more than that. And uh, you know, it was it was nice to see the Clippers beat the, the Suns twice last week, once without uh, <laughs> without KD, and then we got to see the big three. And I, I told you guys how much I hate Phoenix, so I love getting that dub out there. But it's got to be frustrating. And the Western Conference teams are just getting better. That's what it is. And and if you fall behind right now. Like I think as much as it, it, it was a, a bad loss for the Lakers, it's a big win for Phoenix because then they can realize, holy shit, we can, we can actually do this. We can make this work. So I'm still at the point of the Suns don't super scare me, but they have it there, man. And Beal being a third option. And the other thing is, is like, look, I, I know I hate Devin Booker, but I've never seen a guy make harder shots than this guy. Like every shot he takes are hard shots. There's nothing easy, right? And it's wet too. It's like nothing but net. There's no like bank shots or hits. The, it's all net. And KD's the same way. Like you, you said it. It's easy money mm-hmm. for this guy. Mm-hmm. But there are there are some issues on the defensive end, and I think there's still room for them. Yeah. Do you think? Do you, do you so, think Eric Gordon? Do you think Eric Gordon likes being there? Do you think he 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 likes his role? He didn't get very many minutes in the game against the Lakers while while I was there. He might have played in the fourth because the game was was wrapped. Um, but they don't need him. They don't. Uh, I mean, frankly, now that Beal is back, they really don't need what Eric Gordon provides. And Grayson Allen is a better version of Eric Gordon at this stage in his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, so EG certainly on nights where book gets in foul trouble or, or Beal gets into foul trouble, you know, like one of those things or, or there's an injury or whatever, like something like that. Absolutely. I think he will be ready to go and fill in the slot as best as he can. Um, but I actually, I, I really don't think there's going to be major problems with ball handling for the Suns now that Beal is back. In the past, it was too much Booker focus, and you could just trap him. He'd get stuck, and he would throw the ball away. But now there's outlets. And, I mean, Nurkic even brought the ball up. at one. <laughs> Again, this is a tough game to gauge anything about the Suns with. Uh, but I, I do think having Beal on the floor with Booker just gives that outlet for each other, right? So, and and nobody runs a full court press anyway in the NBA. Every once in a while, you get, you know, maybe Jared Vanderbilt on the Lakers would go full court against somebody, which he loves to do. Uh, but it's not like you know, it, for instance, playing the Clippers, it's not like James Harden's going to d up Book from the you know from the spot uh, or Russ will like, though. Russ will. Yeah, Russ when he comes in, uh, and maybe T Man will will do that when he comes in, but. You know what I'm saying? There's just going to be an outlet for them to get into the ball, get the ball into one of those guys' hands and initiate their offense that way. And I think both are pretty comfortable with doing so. Um, Defensively, I think you're right, though. 
they're going to have to prove that part of it. They are. They're going to need to see, you know, and, and you know, when it, when it comes to playing Minnesota, OKC, uh, Denver, the top three Western Conference teams this year, uh, those are the challenges. Those are going to be the challenges for them. And the good news for them is that they have the firepower to go head to head with them on a scoring point of view. But I, I do, I am, I'm, I'm with you. I think they, they would need to show their, their prowess defensively. I think Devin Booker does. Uh, his intensity on defense is there, and I think his, he, he, he tries really hard on defense. So, and, and I want to praise him for that because not, not everyone does that, obviously, in the NBA. Uh, and I think Nurkic is a pretty decent, you know clog the paint kind of a guy he's not a super rim protector but he's a big body and he was pushing ad around the whole time it felt like his mission was trying to get as many pushes on ad in the paint as possible and i think he achieved that he had some half-ass off offensive stuff though. oh my god he it threw the one so at the bad. he just threw one armed one off the backboard and they called a foul on that i lost my i think i, I think that was when i was like we can leave we can just leave after this this is this is did you see the okogi straight up the the poster did you see that one Oh, of course I did. Um, yeah, D'Angelo Russell grabs the rebound and casually decides to go behind his back instead of just holding the ball for a second in traffic. And Akogi just picks it up. And and shout out to Jackson Hayes. You know what I mean? Like at least that motherfucker was yes. playing hard. Yes. Right. And so he got banged on. He got yammed on really good. But he went two hands to try and mm -hmm. swat that thing as hard as he possibly could. And Okogi got to squeak it in somehow. And it was, I mean, I'm not sure if it was the number one play on SportsCenter or not. I wasn't turning on SportsCenter when I got home. Uh, but it should have been. I mean, it was one of the best dunks that I've seen in a game uh, live in my entire life. It was awesome from a Phoenix Suns perspective. Not so great from where I was sitting. But, um, yeah, we're we're just, we. the Lakers have lost the plot. And... Uh, again, this does feel like another tactic in the LeBron James playbook when it gets to this time of year and uh, we're going to force a trade out of the front office somehow. We're going to force a, a coaching change uh, because that's just what he wants to do. And it's been his M.O. since day one, really. I mean, since whatever, who, who Silas was his coach in, in Cleveland, right? And he only lasted yeah. for like two years. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I think the Suns um, have to be very much more optimistic in the last week than they ever have been from the beginning of this year. They can put it together. And truthfully, I think the point that you made, Bradley Beal really is going to be the one that all the eyeballs should be looking at on the defensive end because he's he's never really proven it. At least Book and KD and these guys have in postseasons, you know, made their ways to finals and, of course, Kevin Durant championships. And in those runs have shown the willingness and the capability to play lockdown defense. And that'll be the big question mark is, is can Bradley Beal get to that level or at least exert that, that level of energy that he needs to. And can he stay healthy? I mean, again, that's yeah. for, that's for every NBA team, but um, you know, there was more blowouts yesterday and in the past couple of days. And I know we've talked about this a lot, but I want to bring it up again because you know, the, the the Golden State Warriors got booed off their home floor against oh the Pelicans. Yeah, they were down 42 at one point. Uh, it was a 141-105 loss. Uh, the Boo Birds came out at the Chase Center. And for the second straight game, uh, the team went 2-5 and five, uh, on their seven-game homestand, 11-11 at home this season. Last year, the Warriors had the second-best home record in the league at 33-8. and eight. They never led on Wednesday. Anyways, 
they got blown out and a lot yeah. of things have been happening there obviously with Draymond and Clay and you know the trade rumors of Kaminga and whatnot and we had mentioned on the on a previous show that Clay had one of the best sound bites talking about you know he had the conversation with Kerr and just to focus on being blessed to be in, in the NBA and then after getting booed off the court the other night they interviewed Clay and he was like he said and it pissed me off and I'm not even a Golden State fan man he's like you know am I supposed to am I supposed to lose sleep over this over getting booed and I'm like yeah at least lie and say you're losing sleep over it. Because the fans, people that are really invested, I lose sleep over the Clippers. So I, I can only imagine how, how Golden State Warriors fans feel. Just lie and say you hate it. And you're, you're, you're sorry that we're getting booed off the floor. I think but, he should be able to lose sleep over the loss of being down by 42 right, points. Right. Right. But I think that's where he's missing the point here. Should he be caring about the booze specifically? The booze? No. Who gives a fuck? Let that roll off your back. What you should lose sleep over is the fact that your team is trash and you just got blown off your own stadium floor by a Pelicans team that's like a eh, 50-50 kind of a squad. They're coming on right now, though. They're they coming are. on right now. They are. Um, but the frustration's boiling over. That's what's happening. And then we've seen this happen for, for weeks now. And if we if you keep saying, well, Draymond's, Draymond's not going to save this team. Draymond's. <laughs> He's not going to save the team. This is not the end-all, be-all. Is yeah. oh my god, this isn't Devin Booker coming back. This isn't Kawhi coming back. This isn't uh -huh. Giannis coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like Draymond is not, not going. Steph Curry. To, it's not Steph Curry coming back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it, we could talk about it all day long. It, it, it's, it doesn't take rocket science to realize that something needs to change in Golden State. And I don't know what it is. Should they make the play for Pascal? Sure, that'll be yeah. nice. Does Draymond want to get out of there? Because he finally came out on his podcast to to talk about, you know, he was contemplating retirement. Adam Silver said, no, no, back, back up from that. You got to go back to the team. Which I, I just don't know what to believe, man. Like, what was your takeaway from that that interview? Because, or not that interview, his own his own personal interview on right. his podcast. Yeah. Well, the video clips that, that emerged of him saying, that he had a nice conversation with Adam Silver, and 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 I'm sure that that happened. I'm positive that that happened because Adam Silver is punishing him and needs to hear from him, <laughs> uh, probably more than just once, based on the parameters of the punishment and the you know the actions that they were requiring of him. Uh, I'm sure they had multiple conversations, but at least in this one, Draymond decides to say that this is all too much and that he considered retiring because this. Whatever this is in his mind is not the this that we all know and witness, but this is all too much for him. I would love to just be a fly on the wall to see what Adam Silver, how he reacted to that kind of a sentence. This is too much for me. What is this, Draymond? The things that you do on the court? You you punching players? You chokeholding players? You kicking players in the balls? You punching your old teammates? This is too much and you're going to retire? Honestly, dude, I, I that's some that's some petty elementary school bullshit. That we our, the name of our last podcast was disconnect. There is clearly a disconnect between the reality of what is happening and what Draymond is doing and what's happening in his head. There's a delusion there. Because this, quote unquote, this being suspended for harassment, <laughs> assault <laughs> on the court is what you did. This is the repercussions of your actions. So if that's too much for you, if you if you think punching a guy and then getting suspended is too much, then you he should retire. And and if I was Adam Silver, I would have said, you know what? Good luck to you, bro. That's like one less thing that Adam Silver has to deal with. Mm -hmm.
constantly has to deal with. So I don't know how Adam Silver, in all of his wisdom and all of his, you know, motivational skills or whatever he used to like turn the conversation back into like, well, let's move forward kind of a deal. Uh, hats off to him because I think I would have lost it. I think I would have lost my shit if he was somehow saying that this is happening to him instead of the truth being he is doing this to not only himself, but the entire Warriors organization. And you you know that the guys in the locker room aren't like, oh, geez, thank God, Draymond's coming back. We're going to get this right back on track. You know what I mean? I mean, I, th- I think there might be a little bit of that from them because he is, you know, he's he's their ride or die, right? right. So I, I do think there is, especially in a bond with, you know, a lot of a lot has been made about, oh, Steph averages five more points per game when Draymond's on the court. It's like, of course he fucking does. Of course he does. They know they've been playing each other with each other for 12 years or whatever it is now. It's a long fucking time. They know each other inside and out. And Draymond always, always, always looks for Steph. He looks at Steph more than he looks at the basket. Right. No, I'm not saying it's going to be a detriment to the team. It's going to help yeah. the team. But at the end of the day, Golden State Warriors are too old, too slow. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. And I know we they've always honored like the champion guys. They always have. But at some point, it is Dunleavy and Lacob's job to plan for the future of the organization. They are there not to make everybody happy and make all the fans happy. Their job is to make sure that they have the best team on the floor to compete for a championship every year. That's their job. And, you know, it, it, when when Golden State wanted to get Kevin Durant, they had to get rid of Harrison Barnes and had to well, get rid on. of Andrew Bogut. You just said, you just said you, they need to plan for the future, mm-hmm. but then you also just said – that they need to win a championship every year. You can't do both. That was my whole argument on the last podcast. You can't do both. You got to pick one. And so I'm with you. I think their job is to put a championship team on the floor every year or their, to the best of their abilities. But I right. think it's impossible to do that alongside planning for the future, a la Oklahoma City. A the la future, the future being like you have to get rid of players to get the Kevin Durants. You know okay. what I mean? You have that's That's what I'm trying to say here got is it. that anybody could go. If there's an offer on the table – for Clay Thompson, you know, if if somebody wants Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson might have to go. They gave Jordan Poole, you know, a $123 million last year, paid him for his good work, and then you're ghost. Yeah. Golden State and Golden State fans fucking love Andre Iguodala. But you know who they got rid of him for? D'Lo. Anybody can go in order to, you know, to make the team better. So it's Dunleavy's job. And if and if Draymond's checked out, they came out and said everybody's available except for Steph Curry. Yeah. Which is that is going to send Clay and Draymond into like a little tailspin. All right, fuck it. Fuck the booze. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. So I, I get what you're saying on that. I just think they're at the they're at this point right now where the window's closing on I mean, he's still elite and top five player in the NBA with Steph, but age is is a is a, is a bitch. And yeah. if you're going to, you got to put a team around this guy. And so if there's an offer on the table for, you know, I, like Clay and Draymond on the Lakers right now would probably, that would be a needle pusher. And it, that would definitely be a needle pusher right now. I would give my left pinky finger for Clay Thompson on the Lakers. You wanted him for five years. I, know. I would gladly watch him miss 18 threes in a row just so that he, he could hit the 19th. Because we just we have none of that. So if there is a trade, I mean, fuck it, man. What? Who do they want? They want Hachimura? Done. You want Vanderbilt? We can't trade him. I, he he is not tradable this year. But I would give up Vanderbilt right now. That guy is allergic to the basket. But anyway, 
I there's not a lot of landing places for Clay specifically. We do not need Draymond. We do not. Oh, need, he wants to though. He wants to not do need Draymond Green. There's a place for Clay, absolutely, in a Lakers uniform on this team, one hundred thousand percent. Um, but I'm I don't want to keep going on the the possibilities of what the Lakers need and what we could get. The the point of what I'm saying is that at at some at some point you got to blow it up. Right. It's not yeah. working. We're not we're not moving forward right now. If you're not going to use Kaminga, like, look, if I was uh, if I was a GM, I'd be looking at Trace. I like that kid. He's like, a hell of a player. Yeah, I will take him any day of the week. If there's a Kaminga and Trace pl play like uh, get me on that. If you guys don't want these kids here anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, you know, and you could tell from Steve Kerr, he's kind of getting defeated on this, man. He's kind of getting defeated. And the one word I keep bringing up or I've, I keep hearing, I heard Doc say it. I heard uh, JJ say it. And then I heard Steve Kerr say it, whereas like it's playing with joy, right? Like you you can tell when when players aren't playing with the joy. Yep. And um, I think that's a big thing. But when is the correct time to – and I always go back to Blake Griffin, right? Uh, I, I thought this guy was going to be untradeable. This guy is box office. He made our team fun and people got people asses in seats and told him he's going to have a statue and then boom, you're ghost. But I, and again, I don't mean to repeat myself for people that have been listening forever. It was the best choice for the franchise, right? The money's going to get too hot. Remember when I didn't want to get rid of Tobias and, 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 and Gallo. I'm like, please God, don't get rid Absolutely. of them. Because the money's too much, right? Yeah. And that plays a factor in everything. And it's like, we can't commit to Clay Thompson at $40 million a year. It doesn't work in the grand scheme of what we're trying to do here. And it sucks. At some point, you have to come to this fork in the road as a, as a team, and you have to cut players. Like, fuck, Patrick Ewing had to leave New York. You know, Akeem had to leave Houston. Barkley had to leave Philly and Phoenix, like it's it just happens, man. It's the nature of the beast. And as much as you want to spend being one place your whole NBA career because you have foundation there and you have championships there and you have memories there, it's still a fucking business, man. And it sucks. But yeah, and I think it's not realistic for three guys to have their whole career with one team. Mm -hmm. It's just not right. It it, it is a fairy tale True. in a sense. Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna stick with these three guys then the Warriors are going to be struggling until they all decide to call it quits or one by one decide to call it quits, right? Like think that's, about, that's... Think about Allen Iverson, dude. Yeah. The most culturally important basketball player, especially to a city. And at some point, they had to cut the cord with him. Yeah. And is Clay Allen Iverson maybe in the Bay? You know what I mean? They fucking love Clay Thompson. Of course they do. But I don't know, man. It, it, we're just—it's coming to that point right now. Even I don't mean to go back to the Lakers, but like I saw LeBron go down with an ankle last night. I saw him grab his shoulder last night. Like, look, the writing's on the wall here. Something, something's gonna happen. Something's got to give because then you're watching all these other teams right now that are just getting better, right? It's uh, that you know. The other thing is funny, Drew. Maybe you shouldn't be going to Laker games anymore because I think the last Laker game you went to was an OKC game and they got blown out. Do you, do you, was it that uh, one? It wasn't a blowout, but we oh, yeah, wasn't we that one. We okay. we did lose that game to Oklahoma City. Shea hit a crazy three from mm -hmm. really deep. Um, but Westbrook was on that team, so it was a while ago that I've been I've been to the the Lakers. But but you're right. I I I'm sure my track record is not great. 
regular season attendance record as far as like wins and losses for the Lakers. So I'm, I only really, I only ever really go to one game a year and I love it. And it's a journey. We go, we pay our respects, you know, got to see all the statues, Kareem. See the new banner? Saw the banner, took a picture of the banner. It's next to the mini, they they shoved it next to the Minneapolis championships, by the way. (laughs) So it's off to the side, uh, which makes some sense, but it is pretty big. It's bigger than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't do the thing where you can put multiple years in. It's going to be one banner per, and that's that's going to be the only thing we do this year. I swear to God, it's going to be the only thing we do this year is hang that stupid freaking banner and fire people that don't need to be fired. Anyway, um, the other thing about the Warriors before we move on is that all of this is also happening while Chris Paul is out. Mm-hmm. And I do think it wouldn't look nearly as bad if Chris was healthy, right? He probably fractured his left hand. It's going to be out for a while. And the beauty of having Chris Paul on the team is that there was like kind of a, a backup for Draymond Green because they they do work in a lot of the same space, spaces, those two guys. Um, so Draymond goes out. It's like, cool, Chris can run everything from the top and Steph can kill and Clay can still go off their screens, do all the things that they need to do. Uh, and, and the offense just runs as though nothing has changed. But with both of those guys out, it is a huge miss right now, for sure. But with with CP out and that contract that's expiring, that's a thirty million dollar deal. You know what I mean? And Clay's money that he wants, like there's there's an opportunity here. There's a conversation that if it hasn't been had already, it needs to be had now. Like if if you're going to be all in on the rebuild or blow it up and get as many assets as we can, right now is the time. I'll just say this too because I I can't stop. But the Lakers could trade for Chris Paul. The yeah. Lakers could trade for Chris Paul. I don't know if the Warriors would want that at this point. I don't. I, they might they might really want to keep Chris, but uh, that would be something that I also just something like that would even be great. Even though Chris isn't a great three point shooter, he he's a a point guard that will immediately gain the trust of LeBron. Right, they're best homies, and the rest of the team, Anthony Davis, like everything would get better. So even if it's a simple move as just getting rid of the Chris Paul that I thought wasn't even going to last in Golden State for more than a month, mm-hmm. uh, and they can turn that into, um, I mean, probably just like Hachimura, right? <laughs> probably Hachimura and something, but it, it would be something. It could be something there. I don't know. I don't know. We're just grasping at straws here. We are, but this is this is the final question. And the 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 only question out of this whole thing we're talking about is is it is it time right now? To, to wave the white flag. It's still early in the season. Draymond is coming back. <laughs> As I'm laughing saying that. Like he's coming back. Clay, uh, it, you know, Wiggins has been has been awful, atrocious this year. Yep. Um, I don't know what his trade value is because we see again, this Zero. is another guy <laughs> that was the second best player on a championship team. Like yep. there's there's this this version of Wiggins that we were talking about. Like, yo, that's the dude we all thought. He was going to be, that's the dude on both ends. He was nice. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or, or whatever's going on. Feels It feels like a mental thing. Yeah. Could be, but you can't have a mental thing with Wiggins, a mental thing with Draymond, a mental thing with Clay. You know what I'm saying? That keeps guessing and, and questioning his value, his role on the team, what he's supposed to be doing. We can't have the whole team like this. And, and also, man, and I know Stephen A said it, but like, Steph has played this so well because everybody loves Steph. Right? He's quiet as well. He's, he's not he's not making a lot of noise. 
That's what I'm saying. But he looks like the guy that does this shit internally. I'm sure yes. Steph has things to say. He doesn't do uh, subliminal tweets and he doesn't do things on the bench that, that'll make you question like where Steph's loyalty is or where he doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus. We all get it. We all understand how important Draymond and Clay and this 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 these pillars of this organization are. We get it. But you can't let the greatness of Steph Curry just dwindle dwindle away with this. You know what I'm saying? And Matt Barnes said it on his show. He's like, I've never seen Steve Kerr with so many wrinkles and like and all this stuff. Like things are it, it's wearing on him and it's gotta be. I think yeah. I think dealing with a guy like Draymond it, it will give you wrinkles. And then going yep. from a championship two years ago to this, where this is where we're at right now. And I think that is how crazy the NBA is. You can be the best of the best. And then within two years later, it, we can be in this situation right now where it's like pay, but we're going to pay everybody and keep everybody until they retire to right now where it's like, shit, we need to make a move. Yeah. Uh, my question is this. Do you think it's time to wave the white flag uh, in Golden State? And when you when you say wave the white flag, you mean trade Clay and Draymond? I, that, I'm, I'm saying it's time to to move on from them if, the, if there's a way. Right. And, and you're not including Steph in there, right? Steph's untouchable. He's not going anywhere. Right. Okay. So then the answer, the answer to the question is, is uh, that is Steph's decision. That's how I would view this. If I'm Lacob, Dunleavy, Kerr, the four of you guys are sitting down. We're going to go to a really nice dinner and no press, you know, like we're, you know, even a uh, home cooked meal, maybe even personal chef, whatever the fuck you want to do. They're all billionaires. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're hashing this out with those four. That's the brain trust. Mm-hmm. And Steph, you're right. Will never outwardly denounce one of his, you know, brothers. Essentially, that's not, he's not going to do that. But maybe he, they'll get the truth out of him in that co- sort of a setting. Because if Steph is, Steph is truthfully, after all of it said and done, he is the Allen Iverson, right? He is he is the greatest athlete that that organization has ever come across. And when I say athlete, you know what I mean? Like not athleticism, but the the best player that's ever worn a Warriors jersey, I don't think it's even close. Uh, It's Steph Curry. So uh, even though Will Chamberlain was on the Warriors, I still, you know, Chamberlain, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I would truthfully, I would go, Steph, like we're willing to ride this out, right? Because we want you with us, right? We want you here. We want you a part of these decisions. What are you feeling? And I don't know how he feels one way or the other. I really don't. I don't know if he thinks that this is something that they can get past with this with the roster that they have right now. I don't know if he thinks this is something where they actually should trade Dre or Clay or both. And I think that is the truth of the matter here. Because to me, even though um, Warriors fans are going to be disappointed with how they're playing and, and maybe their record at the end of this year, if nothing changes, it's a lot like how I feel the Patriots fans have treated Bill Belichick in these last couple of years, who just retired. Bill Belichick's gone. They've been pretty dog shit for a while. But they just said, I, who cares? We got to witness all these championships. We're, we're riding with this guy until the wheels literally fall off. And I do feel like that's how Warriors feel. Warriors fans feel about Steph Curry. So if Steph is a part of the decision-making and, and he's able to voice his opinion on what they want to do, I think the fans will just fucking ride with that. And they'll eat it because they were bad for so many years. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. The Warriors were so bad. The worst team in the NBA next to the Clippers. You you guys were arm wrestling for the worst team. And Low blow, Drew. 
Yeah, well, that's the truth. Yeah, and I think more than like risking a rift between Steph and leadership in the Warriors and trading, making trades without his involvement, I would prioritize what his decision making is here. Obviously, you know, if he's going to stay on the fence and not make a decision, then make a fucking decision on yourself, on your own. And I would cut ties with the young guys and try to bring in veterans that win right now. There's no doubt in my mind that Steph Curry will be in on the discussion on what's going to happen next. But, you know, we said he doesn't do subliminal test texts and he doesn't badmouth anybody. Uh, but the the comments he made after the, after that game where he said, you know, insanity, he's like, what's the quote? Insanity is repeating things and, and having the a same result. Right. And it, yeah. that to me says shit needs to change. And it, the value that Draymond and Clay can bring to another organization will warrant uh, at least picks or <laughs> a decent player. If they can get in on the Siakam stuff, cool. I mean, shit, Wiggins in Toronto, if if they're willing to take it, I, I, I just don't I think know. The, I think maybe the easiest way for them to move forward with this is instead of just shipping all the young guys like I want them to do, you just have to find a Wiggins and one other player package. You need Wiggins and Kuminga, Wiggins and Moody, Wiggins and Pajemski, Wiggins and somebody, Wiggins and Clay, Wiggins and Dre. Mm -hmm. You need that has to go. It has to go. He's just he's gone. He's it, it, more. He's he's worse than than what Clay is doing right now. And Clay has legitimate health concerns <laughs> as re, as why his performance has deteriorated. And I'm not trying to say that whatever Wiggins has gone through is something that he should just be springing back. We just don't know. We don't know what it was. Right. And right. obviously something fucking happened to this guy where he's a zombie now. He's not the same. And I feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. But you got to cut ties with that. The problem is who wants the guy at his at his lowest, at his very lowest. Nobody wants this guy. So that's why you got to sweeten the deal. So it's got to be Wiggins and player X. Bring in Laurie Markinen. Bring in, you know. John Collins. I, I, there's, we, there's so many guys I think out there that that would help this team. Uh, you know, you just gotta, you gotta figure it out. But that's, I think that's the easiest path forward for them. And it just seems like that, like we keep talking about the same players. Okay, Siakam and Zach Levine and Dejounte Murray. These are the biggest names. Siakam, like I think, the is the great target. Yeah, and of and course. and they just got RJ in Toronto. Maybe Wiggins needs to go back to Canada. Like I've been saying that for a couple months. RJ's now. been phenomenal. So dude. good. <laughs> so good. Different player. Like right. what, I, I bet the Knicks were like, wait, what the fuck? What, the, what no, is this? I, this is something we preach so much though, man, is situational, right? Yeah. Like putting the guys Freedom. in the right positions, green lights. Like I, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Toronto, but I've watched them a lot since the quickly and RJ trade Clippers got them the other night. I love the team and Siakam wasn't even playing with them uh, in that game. Right. I love the team. Quickly and Barrett looked great, and Scotty Barnes, and like they got a, something really nice up there. If you can get another, if you can get a Wiggins up there or whatnot, like maybe that'll change. But they look really good. Situations are great. So that's but, where I think I think you can you can do Wiggins and Kaminga for Siakam, and I don't know why. I really don't know why Toronto would say no to that because Kaminga well, fits the timeline. Kaminga fits the timeline with a lot of the other guys that are already there. Mm -hmm. Wiggins is Canada guy. Mm -hmm. And if he's going to be shit Canada guy, then so what? Like, you know what? Who gives a Still fuck? Be a Toronto, God. They love you. I'm doing anyway, you know? <laughs> and if RJ can be uplifted in this sense and immediately have a response, like th that coach 
went off against the Lakers at the Lakers did. We, we, we stole a victory away from the, the jaws of the Raptors. Um, and, and he went off on, I think very rightfully. So, I mean, they shot right. one fucking free throw in that fourth quarter, but that guy fucking cares. Right. And that guy right. seems to be very impassioned about, you know, I feel like it's his first head coaching job. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And so maybe that guy can just, you know, grab Wakens and, and just kind of shake him a little bit and say, you know, this is something different. This is something that you can, mm-hmm. you know, be a part of this Canadian movement that's happening really in the, in the world of basketball. Canadians are doing great all over the place. They are. But that's, I, I just don't, I don't know why you Jerry would, would say, would say no to that. I really just don't know why. Cause Pascal deserves, he deserves a shot to go somewhere else. And, and well, it's they, probably time. It's probably time. Yeah, I totally agree. And he didn't even ask for a trade. Like, it's not even him. He's not the one that actually came out and asked for a trade. Um, well, he has in the past. Right. The Part of the reason that Nick Nurse left Toronto is because that time was done. They were done with each other. Not just Pascal, but like a lot of the players were done with Nick Nurse. And I think Nick Nurse was done with a lot of the fucking players too, right? It goes both ways. So that was, Siakam was very unhappy. I think maybe two seasons, two or three seasons ago and did request a trade at one point, which was denied. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he maybe he wants to stay. Maybe he does. And if that's the case, then all this rumors around him are, are conjecture. But I did see uh, a post from Chris Haynes that they expect Siakam to be deal to be dealt in the next week, you know, in the next couple of days. So I'm, I'm checking my phone as we're doing this, assuming no, that looking. it might be <laughs> might be right now. Well, the Kings were in on Pascal, yep. but he's come out and said like they're asking they're if he's going to sign the extension. Right. And Pascal on the Kings is nice. I love it. It's, I really it's, like it too. Love it. Yeah. But if he's not going to resign, nobody wants a rental anymore. I get it. Yep. And that's kind of where the Clippers are at with James Harden. It's weird it's, that he would say outright that he's just not going to resign with the Kings. They're a fun, exciting team. He could play alongside Sabonis and Fox. Like, it fits the mold. It like totally works. And I they just also want part with Keegan though. And Toronto wants Keegan and uh, Sacktown's not willing to do that. Cause I mean, well, you're not going to give up Keegan Murray for a rental, right? That's no, just the I, bottom I agree. line. That's the bottom line. So that's why that trade dissolved. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know where he's going to go and which team has it in store for him that he would resign with. I, I, I'm just so surprised that he would, just right off the off the jump, just be like, I'm not resigning in Sacramento. They're exciting. They're one of the more exciting teams in the NBA. This is where I'm going to go with it. And I've said this before. Say it again. Billy's got the money. They have the money and the assets. That's where he should go. Be with his be with his homie Joel. That changes the game in the East, in my opinion. What, you Tobias? Max, You're going to trade Tobias? You have for to. You have to. to. Tobias, uh, Melton, throw in... Uh, whatever picks whatever you can do because pascal would love to play in philly and that changes the whole the whole shit in the east in my opinion and at the end of the day we have no idea this guy could sign with freaking orlando i have no idea right uh and in pascal on golden state this season isn't gonna isn't gonna move the move the needle at all but in philly i think it would i actually think it would i think it would i mean it depends on what they have to give up for him you know Mm. but I think it would. Like he he is a very very solid player. All and NBA. Yeah, I mean he's always like third team All NBA. It's like his whole career is third team All NBA because the forwards get a little thin. 
uh, every year at that back end. He's always like the last guy that makes the All NBA squad. But that means you're the, one of the top, you know, 15, 20 players in the NBA. So every time we've done the All Star game, he's on our last like pick, yep. and we're like, well, we have to look at the I numbers. Guess, I guess we'll have to throw Siakam in there. <laughs> Um, you know, speaking of planning for the future, the other big news this week, uh, which came out of the blue, but Clippers extend Kawhi mm -hmm. and I love it. I love everything about it. Three year, $153 million deal. It's a lot of bread. And what's funny is the media, everybody, you know, the question was that day, you know, should the Clippers have done that? And it's like, it's a freaking no brainer. Yes. Yeah. Again, we've been down this. We cannot just let Kawhi go. Uh, or or trade Kawhi, especially right now. Like this is this is our future. This is our guy. That's Have right. you watched Kawhi Leonard play at all? And that's the going rate. The what's crazy is the Intuit Dome tickets came up for sale yesterday. Oh, right? fun. Yeah, and they're they're really expensive, dog. Like duh. really duh, right? And some <laughs> of the Clipper Nation, I won't name any names, but they're like, see, that's what you get for overpaying Ka Kawhi and PG. And it's like, nah, dude, this is the going rate. Yeah, that's market value market value and it, it just is what it is 50 million dollars yeah it's it's going to be 50 million dollars for paul george yep. and the difference between the clippers and a lot of other nba teams is we have a we have scrooge mcduck buckets money or money ducats that's what we have the money balmer doesn't care about balmer cares about having Kawhi leonard and paul george in this arena next season possibly james harden who the hell knows but i was extremely happy with it i loved lawrence frank mention uh, when he talked about it, like, look, we everybody knew this was going to get done, right? We were just waiting for the the right time, and it it was never a discussion of you know Kawhi doesn't necessarily doesn't want to be here. These guys want to be here, and they're going to make it work. Uh, he could have gotten more max money or whatever if it was for more years and whatnot, but they realize what's coming up with the 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 threshold and the cap and all this stuff in order for us to build the team or 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 enhance the team that we have right now. That's the money. Paul George might be a little bit less, but it's still going to be in the 48 to $52 million range. Yep. And as a Clipper fan, this is what you have to do, man. I'm I'm proud of it. I'm happy for it. I didn't see any other way. Um, and it's <laughs> my famous quote on this show. It's fucking Kawhi Leonard. Like, yes. Yep. And yeah. the way the way that this guy, of course, it's going to be based on health and hopefully he stays healthy. But yeah, that's what it is. I'm stoked on it. There's there was no other choice. Right. There's no other choice. You extend this man because then if he, if he's injured or whatever, you know, whatever, you, you trade him. This is always you keep the asset. This is what you do. You just keep the fucking asset. It's not right. like he signed a hundred million dollar a year contract and that's untradeable. He signed a very tradable contract. As big as it is, it's it's in the realm of like a lot of the other you know stars in the NBA. So you do it. You do it ten times out of ten. And especially right. and do you, you do it 12 times out of 10 because he's he's lighting it up right now. So this is definitely the time to re-sign the man. And it's like, do you, when you say overpaid, do you think another organization wouldn't give him that? Like right. they would. Of course they would if they got the money. You commit to you commit to Kawhi Leonard. And again, it's it probably soon it's going to happen with, with PG. And then we're going to be at least in this for another three years. The way we're playing right now, shit, man, sign everybody. Uh, Clippers, I, I know we've been talking about the, the, the big three plus Russell a lot, but I just want to spend a couple minutes on the other guys. And at the beginning of the year, uh, again, Clipper nation came out and wanted Zubak out of there. The worst big man in the league. And James Harden has made this guy very good. 
and the way he's learning how to play with uh, all of these Hall of Famers, it's working. Uh, he's fourth in the league in field goal percentage at like 65% right now. Uh, he's Yes, he's not the most athletic. He's not great at offensive rebounding, but he's playing the role that we needed to play. He's been fantastic. Norman Powell off of the bench with a slow start in the preseason in the beginning of the year. He has been humongous for us with hitting big shots in big moments, taking the three, getting to the free throw line, um, knocking down th uh, free throws. And then, again, we've talked about Terrence Mann, who's finally coming along. Guys hitting big three-point, the corner three. He's doing exactly what P.J. Tucker, who's not getting – he's getting DNPs because Terrence Mann can do that. Yeah. And shooting at a much better clip, cons uh, confident. The one guy I want to mention is – we had said that our rookie, Kobe Brown, who I was a little curious as to why he was getting a lot of minutes. I think Ty Lue wanted to test him out, see if he was going to be good fit with the rotation and with these guys. And what's happened is Amir Coffey, our vet, a guy that we that we we got, we drafted, we brought up in the G League, has played with a numerous uh, a, a number of Clipper teams. And we've seen spurts of him in previous years to be extremely valuable. He's getting these non-PG minutes, and I love it. I really do. He's I solid. He's super solid. He's at a great price right now. I don't want to jinx him into having bad games and whatnot, but <laughs> um, I don't, and we've been known to do that. But he has been really, really good for us. Yeah. So I wanted to shine a little bit of light on them. They're, the big, they're a big reason to why we're being successful right now. It's those other guys – um, and again, we could talk all day about Russ and Kawhi and PG and, and James, but these are the other guys that are really making things happen for us right now. The Folger soldier, Amir coffee, uh, T man. And look, we were playing Memphis tonight here in about an hour, uh, which man, I mean, talk about a, a shitty season. I mean, Memphis went from awful to, oh my gosh, there might be something there, to a complete tragedy right now, uh, jaws out for the rest of the year. Suspect, I mean, he got his, his surgery done fast. It came out of left field that uh, he didn't play one night, and the next day is like, yo, done for the season. He's going to get uh, shoulder surgery. Then Marcus Smart goes down, and right now it's just going to be a shit show in Memphis. Uh, I, I I don't know what they're going to do or, or, or I guess that, that 0.4% chance of making the playoffs is playoffs is, is looking pretty good right now, but I have a trade for you, Drew. Okay. Since, since we're in Memphis tonight, you know, who could use bones Highland right now? <laughs> You've been trying <laughs> to ship bones. Highland I'm shipping bones because look, man, <laughs> what is, what is the point? I like bones. I'm trying to find yeah. him a new home. It's like it's like a stray puppy that you fall in love with, right? <laughs> I'm trying to find him a foster home right now. And the foster <laughs> home is Memphis, where you there's zero expectations. They need somebody that's going to be fun to watch. Bones yeah. is fun to watch. So how about we trade Bones Highland for that expiring deal and bring my boy Luke Kennard home? No, I want Kennard. No, you don't get him. He doesn't want nobody. They don't want to be a Laker, Drew. Bro, he wants to come home. I would. That was going to be my final thought. Was was we can steal Luke Kennard now because he's on an expiring deal, and we can throw him a second round pick and and somebody else, and we can we can get out there with with Luke Kennard, and then he would average thirty points a game just on ten stand and steal threes. Is Clips and Drew? Are we going to fight for the expiring have to contract arm wrestle for Luke Kennard? <laughs> you guys discarded him. He doesn't want to go back there. You guys, discard, you guys, we had to. You said he was surplus to requirements. He wants to be treated like the 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 sharp shooting 
God that he he's, is. He's in the perfect position with us. I mean, yeah, you're, he... he should want to join your team may, way more yes. than he wants to join our team. That's for sure. But he won't play as much. He'll play a lot for the Lakers. He he, he would play a lot of minutes for us. I don't think he would get on the court that much for you guys. I'm just saying, man, I want to find a home for Bones. They need a point guard bad. They need somebody that's going to at least go out there and and compete and be I mean, he'll he'll piss he'll piss off some Memphis Grizzlies fans, but I like that trade. I want to find a home for my golden retriever Bones Highland and I want to give him a bone. So my whole point is like, yo, if PJ and and, and Bones are not going to be playing at all, they they're they're not in the rotation. It's not going to happen. There's no there's no version of this Clipper team that I see PJ being a part of it. We tried it like the first three yep. three games, and it's just like Ty saw it's not it's not going to work. He's been a constant pro on the bench. Same thing with with Bones, uh, and I'm pretty sure that they're gonna they're gonna move on from both of those guys right now. But Memphis needs some people. I would like Luke Kennard. Uh, I thought that would be a, f- a fun thing to do, and you know what? We're going to be there tonight, so maybe Lawrence Frank is there, and we can have the, they can have some Gus's chicken and talk it over, maybe a <laughs> Yingling beer, and be like, "Hey, man, I got Bones Highland, you got Luke. Let me take this off your hand. Bring Le- Luke home." I I don't mind that at all. I don't mind that at all. I what do else want, do we I, need, Drew? If you think about it, if I we're going to be buyers. Want. If the Clippers are going to be buyers at some point in this trade deadline, right? If we're going to move on from Bones Highland uh, and PJ, then what 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 exactly are we looking for? In the beginning of the year, it was, oh, shit, we need another big. Now we got three, right? And now Honestly, we got three. If I was the Clippers, I would look for draft compensation for those guys more Facts. than I would look for actual players Good right call. now because y'all mm-hmm. need y'all need some picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, if I could get if I could get like a late first rounder from anybody for bones and a second rounder for pj that's that's a win right there so that's how i would look at it do you remember how we were uh before we signed tice uh we were, we were like man i'll take bismack biombo right now biombo's like free right now somebody's gonna pick him up uh maybe there's gonna be the buyout market might there might be some people clippers are notorious for doing things like that in the buyout market yeah the buyout yeah yeah which which could be something special but uh, I I just don't necessarily if Coffee is going to be going to be playing as well as he's been playing and and Terrence is going to be playing as well as he's going to be playing. I'm just looking for more shooting uh, right now. And Luke to me looks like the guy. I mean Washington's going to be selling everybody. I don't think we need to make a big splash right now. Whatever's happening is working. Uh, knocking on wood, but uh, I'm, I'm bottom line is this. I'm stoked that we, we committed to Kawhi. I'm glad Kawhi wants to be here. It's always great when you have a superstar that wants to be somewhere. Same thing with Paul George. Obviously, uh, Russell wants to be here as well. I don't know what the future is going to hold for James Harden. If, if things go absolutely great, we might throw a bag at James. I don't fucking know. Also, I don't know. I know Balmer's pockets are deep, but like how deep are we willing to go right now? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at with that. Um, the funny thing is we brought up DeJounte Murray a lot, uh, and they came out and said that the Spurs are looking at like bringing back DeJounte Murray. <laughs> and if this isn't like the, 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 the ultimate finesse and smart oh move chess player. Know. So how do you, how do you trade a 20 and eight guy for three first round picks tank, get Wembo, like the the best draft pick since LeBron, and then get Deon, uh, Dejounte back for pennies on the dollar. Ultimate move. He, I think, I think that would be the best place for Dejounte. And the only reason I'm saying that is 
He obviously knows the system. He, yeah. he was very good in San Antonio. Uh, if you guys don't know DeJounte, he doesn't party. He doesn't drink. You know what I'm saying? He's a hooper. Maybe some of that summer stuff was a little weird to you and I with like the aggro, the aggression DeJounte stuff. But putting him with a guy like Wembo is a much better situation than putting him with a guy like Trey. So I actually like it for the Spurs. And that is the next piece for the Spurs to start building the team around Wembo. Yeah, is there any sort of indication like would they have to give up Vassell to get Dejounte? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think Vassell all, would fit kind of nice next to Trey. Cool. Let's um, let's do that. But I don't know if they would want to do that because they just resigned him. And he's obviously, I think he's their best player right now. Vassell. I mean, Wembo's their, you know, the guy. But right, Vassell's solid. Um. Wouldn't it be funny if he ended up back in San Antonio, though? Like, if I mean, it would be incredible. Finesse is you nailed it. I mean, that's that's like it almost should be like illegal to do something like that. But right, I mean, shit, man. Sometimes that's what you need. You need a change of situation to realize. Oh, I had it pretty good back where I was when I was complaining about how bad I have it, and when in fact it was pretty pretty solid because the the experiment in Atlanta has definitely run its course. And I do remember how excited DeJounte was to join Atlanta. Everyone, I mean, I think we we were like, well, that's interesting. Like, we'll see, you know, DeJounte's a great player, but that's two point guards. Like, it kind of feels like it might not <laughs> be automatic. Mm. Um, and we always, I, I mean, I was always waiting for Trey to be the, to turn into Steph and, and go off ball and let DeJounte run the show. And it just never really, never really worked that way. But, uh DeJounte back in the Spurs would be great. I, if I'm Victor Wembanyama, I'm signing up for that immediately. Like, yes, please, let's let's make that happen. But it would be uh, one of the one of the crazier finesse deals that's ever been done in the NBA history. I agree, but I think that's where when you get these kind of players like a Wembo, like players want to come and play with you. You know, I think Orlando should go for DeJounte. I think that's if I had to pick. You know, obviously that's fun. Like you know, San Antonio going back. That's cool. He can play with Wembo, and maybe next year they can be exciting. But Orlando could really use DeJounte Murray. Um, you know, they've had a lot of injuries this year, that Orlando team. And, and even still, they're doing pretty good, you know. Uh, Bolts has been injured. He, I think he's back now. And uh, Wendell Carter has been out for a long time. Like, you know, they've had uh, – Franz is injured right now. But I think DeJounte on that team could really – I mean, that would that would look pretty solid to me. You keep the, the the big that'd be a big three, right? That'd be a young big three of Paolo right. and Franz and and Dejounte. I like that. That that sounds good too. They and should Orlando. Be Orlando has a lot of assets. Yes. So whatever Atlanta wants, you know, it's like, oh, do you need a guard? Okay, who? We got some guards. You want to? You want a big? We got we got plenty of fucking bigs. Like you want to picks? We got picks. Like you know, or so, get off of Trey. Well, that's or what I've been off. calling for for a long time, but I don't know who wants that. I really don't. I don't know. I mean, I fuck think it's who, up to Quinn. Lakers, I'll take Trey. I'll take Trey Young right now. Hey, if anybody's a buyer right now, it's Drew. Drew right now is a buyer. He's he's looking Send at all deals. offers. <laughs> I got, I got two billion dollars. I'm buying everybody. Um, Drew, you got a final thought? I mean, was your final thought Luke? Are you done talking about Luke? I well, it kind of was. My, I I thought that was going to be. I knew we were going to talk about Jaw. Uh, mm. I do. It's very unfortunate. I mean, after nine games, Jaw tear, tears a labrum in his shoulder. And I think when you do that, especially it was in his shooting shoulders, the right shoulder, mm-hmm. there's no reason to wait, right? You tear that muscle. You got to go in and repair it. And then you got to sit on your ass for a long time. 
and it sucks. But this is like the shittiest fucking year the Grizzlies could have ever had, starting with you know the news about Stephen A. Uh, Stephen Stephen A. Stephen Adams uh, having to be out for the whole year, um, and then it's all kind of just snowballed from there. Uh, so I would love Luke Kennard. I I'll, I don't need to mention anymore all the shooters. I love. I want all the shooters. Give me all the shooters. We signed this kid from the G League. Who randomly. is that? Who is that? He was on the Cavs. Dylan, I think his name is Windler or some shit like that. He got 33 rebounds and 23 points, and we immediately signed him. Like, oh, that's what we need. We need more rebounding. That's what we needed. We, the, the, those 33 rebounds in the G League look incredible. Let's get this kid signed <laughs> up. What the fuck was that? What are we doing there? Uh, anyway, I, my, my do, I, I don't really have a final thought um, other than this is the first dry January I've done. Oh, boy. And it'll uh, hopefully it'll be the last. But with the struggles of my Lakers, uh, it would just be a, it'd be a lot easier for me to to handle this with a couple beers or a glass of whiskey, a little glass of wine, whatever the, whatever I'm into for that evening. So, uh, for all of the audience members out there, pray for your boy. You know, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out my ways to re- relax and decompress without alcohol. Who's you know, I'm sure my liver is loving it. My liver needs all of the the help it can get. So I, health benefits and and my wife's pressure aside, uh, just yeah, pray for your boy. You know, if, and and for you know, I know we got douchebag John's a sober guy. I I need for my sober friends or, or friends that are also dry January participants. What are you What are you doing? Like, what are you drinking? John's our only one. John's our only one. John's our only one. But I'm just saying, a lot of people do dry January, right? A lot of people do because the holidays, we you know, we throw them back a little bit. So, for all the listeners out there, if you have any recommendations uh, for beverages or, uh, you know, mocktails, whatever you know, whatever whatever you got going on, send them my way, please. And uh, I appreciate it because I cannot wait for February first. Well, hopefully we can have a drink together. That'd be awesome. Because your boy Clips has been on, I, you know, since I got my bistro table in Clips Castle, I've mm-hmm. been really big on my red wine. I've been picking up, you know, six, seven bottles from Trader Joe's or some some French stuff that I really like. I'm, oh. I'm just strictly drinking wine. And you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but Clips is very, very routine and very superstitious. Since I've been started just drinking red wine, I haven't had vodka in since I, I the last cocktail I had was when we celebrated our three hundred three hundredth episode when I had wow. the the thirty five dollar yeah so a while ago I'm strictly red wine right now so I love it um, yeah I'm looking forward to having the bistro table it's coming in coming in play over here <laughs> we're calling Eclipse Bistro um, my final thought is going to be two parts because you just reminded me something of bringing up Stephen A like I'm pissed that you and I don't have anybody like in the podcast world that we could have beef with because since Cat <laughs> Williams interview, everybody's just going in right now. And Stephen a, Holy shit. This guy went in on Jason Whitlock. Like, and for a lot of people, Eton Thomas, who's been saying it a long time, like he is not a big fan of Jason Whitlock. Stephen a went straight up Nas ether at Jason Whitlock. And it made me like, man, I really wish I had beef with Combo or somebody like somebody I didn't I like. To, it's unfortunate that we're respected and we love everybody. That there's nobody that that we, we beef with. Because if anybody's yeah, ready, to, I think we have to listen to shittier podcasts. Like we have to find the the, the worst. Like we we listen to good content, and, <laughs> and most of the time they're if they're not right, they're at least you know in, in contemplative about it. 
maybe we should just pick somebody and be like, yo, let's just start a beef. I'll reach out to him on Instagram and be like, hey, bro, don't take any of this personally. It's like wrestling, like WWF. Like, look, we're just going to start a beef. Right yeah, now. it's like the hip hop battles, like Kanye and, and Kanye and 50 Cent. Right, just Album. to sell records. We just want we want more views, bro. That's yeah, why we're yeah. doing this. But anyways, I just thought that was crazy. Cat Williams just started a trend where everybody's just going to go at everybody's throat right now. Yeah. You um, know I, what? Fuck you, Skip Bayless. You piece <laughs> of shit. Oh, no, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he could just throw the bank account in our face and be like, damn, you're right. Really shouldn't be able to say too yeah, much. Well, to money doesn't mean he was right. Very true. My final thought is this, Drew. Second part. Uh, Spolstra got his extension. Got his, got his bag from the Miami yeah. Heat, which he well deserves. If anybody deserves an eight-year, $120 million contract, it's Eric Spolstra. And the reason, not only being one of the best coaches in the NBA, obviously, but it's the path that this guy took. To go from the video room to the highest-paid coach with the highest-paid contract um, is something to, that that needs to be said. The work it takes to do mm -hmm. that uh, – you know, I bring up being a ball boy. I was a ball boy for a long time. I worked in the video editing room. I see the hours. I see the equipment uh, manager hours that are put in. To, you, you guys don't see the behind the scenes, how much work goes into this. I can't even imagine what the work is for an NBA head coach and to deal with the personalities and to win and to win championships and be in a big market city and team. Like, it's got to be so difficult. So kudos to Spolstra. Big shout out. That's big awesome. shout out. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. it's it's inspiring, man. And it should be inspiring to anybody that starts in the mail room and ends up owning the company one day. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, those it's a, it's the American dream. I, I told, mean, told it, but it's work ethic too. That shit was not given well, to him. That's a part of the American dream. I think right. that, that that sometimes gets lost in the translation of what the American dream is. The American dream is you work your fucking ass off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you start at the mailman and then you mm -hmm. you keep getting a, the, the promotion so you go from mm -hmm. mailman to like assistant to like whatever the next you know rung is which is exactly what spolstra did uh mike brown did a very similar thing mike brown shout out to mike brown head coach of the, the kings but uh pat riley man this is just this is this has pat riley's name written all over it that man he knows how to run an organization mm -hmm. he does he knows how to treat players he knows how to treat coaches uh he he knows how to work with the media uh He's a hell of a talent evaluator, along with the rest of the people that he signs up. He identifies talent in all categories of this organization and continues to make smart decisions. I can't remember the last stupid de decision he made. I thought he made a really dumb decision with Kyle Lowry. Not that dumb. Not that dumb. It worked well, out good. We did talk about him fum fumbling the bag on Dame and on James Harden, like not making moves to get no, them but that. Even still, that's not a bad decision because he just wasn't willing to give up the boat. Like that's right. a strong decision. You right. know what I mean? I agree. And people can can argue that was a wrong decision. That's fair. Like go ahead and give up the boat. But then you see how fucking good Jaime Hawkins is, right? And all these these undrafted second round guys that they get out there that are just phenomenal. That you know the needles in the haystacks that he continues to find. They get um, these guys. They get these guys um, to play within the Spolstra system. Like there's a Tib system. There's a Ty Lue system. There's a Popovich system. They're perfect for that system. When you look at the players that they let go or that leave, it never works. Look at like, can you tell me where, what's his name? Uh, Tyler Johnson. Where's Tyler Johnson playing after getting $50 million? Nowhere. <laughs> where, okay. Where is, where is Kendrick Nunn today? Right? Nowhere. Yeah. Where is, I mean, we know where Derek Jones Jr. is, but it, it it took him a while to find the right team to be in. Like, they choose the right players, 
to fit their system. And then, you know, whatever happens afterwards, um, I mean, I mean, there's players that have succeeded after leaving Miami. Of course, you get what I'm saying. Yes, I do. Um, and and the timing again. Now it's not it's not confirmed <laughs> that Pat Riley waited for for Spolstra to get his divorce before giving him the bag. But that's what people are alluding to. And if that's the case, then one more freaking kudos to the G Pat Riley. What city boys up? Okay, because mm-hmm. that is a huge deal to 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 do the timing of the divorce and then give him the bag. I love it, man. I love it. That's what I'm saying, man. I, I, I really think it's, you know, we, we ask a lot, like what is heat culture, right? That question is asked a lot just in general. And the only answer that I have to that is Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. He did it all. Like he created it from the ground up in, a, in an organization that was like new and kind of squat little, little tiny little fan base there. Uh, when they first started out, almost zero success right and you know they had a little bit of success when when pat was up in new york and then he you know decides to migrate to florida like most new yorkers do eventually and takes over the miami heat and just turns them into a powerhouse and rivaling the consistency that we've seen out of the likes of san antonio right and and that is a very consistent organization up until the last you know two three years and during Popovich's reign, essentially, is what I'll just say, because they weren't great before Popovich got there uh, either. But uh, he handpicks Spolstra, Spolstra, and, he, and he's stuck with him even through LeBron. Like, as you mentioned, LeBron definitely tried to get Spolstra fired. Definitely. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Definitely tried to do that. And and Pat Riley said no. And then LeBron tries to strong arm Miami. You know, oh, I want more control which is essentially what I think he left Miami for. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall with Bosch and Wade and the rest, but I also think there was like a little bit of like, I'm not going to kowtow to you, LeBron, Pat Riley is saying. And his selection of all the players, staff, and and the belief in Spolstra is a continuing understanding of this is heat culture. It's the man, Pat Riley, I, to the point where I'm nervous when he passes because he's getting up there in age now. Pat's, yeah. I mean, shit, Pat played for Kentucky when it was all white. You know what I mean? Like that's a long time ago now uh so you know this is uh, eventually going to come to an end but i do think that they're on a pattern here where if pat riley decides to step away due to health or age or whatever else my guess is they'll do uh, okay spolstra you'll take pat's spot we'll get the next young guy in here he'll be the head coach and it might be the assistant that's been there forever the cat that went to uh i feel like he played at marquette or something every time i see his face the assistant coach has been there for a long time white kid with the brown oh, okay. brown hair, huh? Uh, I'm trying to get the name. It's not Rex, I, right? Rex Walters. I can't remember his name. Clips. It's it's escaping me. But that guy's been there for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think he played college ball somewhere. His face is just it just brings back college basketball memories. Anyway, whoever it's going to be that replaces Spolstra when that happens, I think it's just going to be a continuation, and it's just awesome. And and to to circle it back to the contract, well deserved. Eric Spolster, second longest tenured coach in the NBA behind Greg Popovich. And eight years is not nothing. That's a very long contract for, for a head coach, which is awesome. Uh, I think he's still young enough to make that, you know, make it through that for sure. Uh, and, you know, he's now tied with Popovich for the highest amount annually in $15 million a year. So well-deserved, man, all, all around. And, and dude, the icing on the cake to not have to split that in half with his ex-wife. My God, my God. 
I mean, I for now, a, for now, for now. Pat Riley should never buy a meal or a drink around Eric Spolstra ever, ever again. Spo's got to be picking that up every time. All right, next week for sure, we're doing our All Star picks. It's time. It's coming down to the wire, Drew. We have to make our decision. Next week will be our All Star episode. Uh, we're gonna try to get our guy Boston Ben on here because we've been we've been wanting to talk Boston. We were gonna do it today, but then you know the the forty point blowout last night after an awesome Tatum performance the night before. Uh, we're gonna wait and we're gonna get a Boston dude on here to really talk Boston basketball. So next week, All Star game. Also, I got I, I got some follow through teas coming in. If anybody's looking for some, holler at your boy. I'm already getting hit up. I posted it on our page. I got a new new supplier. The shirts are sil- silky, silky. They look fly. They're not actually people. made out of silk, though. For no, they're not silk. No, they don't no. have silk shirts yet. I, I, if we ever did it, I silk boxers would go. Uh, little clips and Drew pa- on your nuts. PJs. <laughs> clips and Drew PJs. I don't know how well those would sell. Uh, <laughs> if they were also- silk, they'd fly off the shelves. <laughs> All star picks next week. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know-